Welcome to Piano Writers and Works. My name is Holly Harland and in today's episode is Chopin Nocturne in E flat major. Frederick Chopin, born on the 1st of March 1810 in Zelazowa, near Warsaw, now in Poland. Chopin's father, Nicholas, emigrated to Poland from France and was employed to tutor at various aristocratic families, including the Scarbergs. As a family, they had artistic learnings and even in infancy, Chopin was always strangely moved when listening to his mother or elder sister playing the piano. Obviously, at that point, many pianos had been fashioned to then being in a home. We do touch on this in the previous episode discussing Schubert uh, with the popularised piano, which we all know today. By age six, he was already trying to reproduce what he heard or to make up new tunes. At the age of seven, he started piano lessons and then he found himself at an early age invited to play at private evenings. And at the age of eight, he made his first public appearance at a charity concert. At the age of 10, he performed in the presence of Russian Tsar Alexander I, who was in Warsaw to open Parliament. Playing was not the only responsible for his growing reputation as a child prodigy. At seven, he wrote a polonaise in G minor, which was printed and soon afterwards a march of his appealed to the Russian Grand Duke Constantine, who had it scored for his military band to play on parade. When he was 16, his family enrolled him at the newly formed Warsaw Conservatoire of Music. The school was directed by a Polish composer, Joseph Elsner, whom Chopin already had been studying music theory. At the Conservatoire, he was put through a solid course of instruction in harmony and composition. In piano playing, he was allowed to develop a high degree of individuality, which is quite important since the Romantic period is very dominant on people that were virtuosic. Chopin really outgrew his musical life at Warsaw and needed wider musical experience. And so his devoted parents found the money to send him off to Vienna, the capital music of the world at that moment in time. After a preliminary expedition to Berlin in 1828, Chopin visited Vienna and made his performance debut there in 1829. A second concert confirmed his success and on his return home, he prepared himself for further achievements abroad by writing his Piano Concerto No. 2 in F minor and his Piano Concerto No. 1 in E minor. As well as other works for piano and concerto designed to exploit his brilliantly original piano style. His first etudes were also written at the time to enable him and others to master the technical difficulties in his new style of piano playing. Whilst in Vienna, news reached him of the Polish revolt against Russian rule. This event added to the disturbed state of Europe 
and caused him to remain in Vienna until the following July, when he decided to make his way to Paris. It's quite sad, really, because he didn't know that when he was coming to Vienna, that was the last time he would be in Poland. Well, Poland as we now t today, but to leave your home national country and never go back to it again. I'm just, I'm just surprised that he, that after the revolt, he didn't go back. He decided to go further west. Sooner after his arrival in Paris, what was the centre of European culture, and in the midst of his own late flowering romantic movement, Chopin realised that he had found the environment in which his genius could flourish. So, in all fairness, it was probably a very good move for Chopin. In 1856, Chopin met the novelist George Sand, and so began one of the most famous love affairs in the history of music. The pair split up in 1847. By that point, one of his most famous works, composed of what is his later life, the Minier in Waltz, was finished. And in his later years, even though he was very young, Chopin's health began to deteriorate rapidly and having been in England there was a period of time where Chopin's health began to deteriorate rapidly and that is due to the health and conditions that were imposed by the Industrial Revolution in both Paris and London because he travels over to England at the invitation of his Scottish piano pupil Jane Sterling and those conditions really took a toll on Chopin's life especially as he was in the sort of living in poor conditions that he caught one of the most known diseases in our history which is TB and Unfortunately, at the age of 39, he passed away. Chopin composed 200 works for solo piano, among them mazurkas, waltzes, nocturnes, etudes, preludes and concertos. Out of this list, preludes and concertos, we have discussed piano works by previous pianists, whereas some of the other ones we have not. So a mazurka is a Polish folk dance for a circle of couples. Chopin wrote 59 mazurkas for piano based on the traditional Polish dance. Chopin developed into an entirely new genre, one that became known as a Chopin genre. The waltz, which is a German dance music in triple meter, usually with one chord per measure, with tonic chord on the first beat and upper notes on the second and third beats. For example, if you had the chord of C, you played the C on the first beat, followed by E and G played together on the second and third beat. Gives that sort of um-cha-cha -cha sort of feel. Franz Schubert did produce waltzes that were written for dances, However, with both the mazurka and the waltz, Chopin was very precise and careful not for his pieces 
to be written for dance. They are piano works. You probably could dance to the mazurkas and the waltzes, but they really are to be listened as a piano piece. An etude or study is an instrumental music composition, usually short to provide practical material for perfecting a musical skill. The technique required to play Chopin's etudes, especially Op 10, written in 1833, and Op 25, written in 1837, were extremely novel at the time of their publications. The first performer who succeeded at mastering the pieces was the renowned virtuoso composer Franz Liszt, to whom Chopin dedicated the Op 10 to. And lastly, a nocturne is a musical composition that is inspired by or evoked of the night, because nocturne is essentially translated to nocturnal. Chopin wrote 21 nocturnes. Although he did not invent the nocturne, he did popularise and expand it. The greatest innovation made by Chopin to the nocturne was the use of more freely flowing rhythm. He developed the structure, taking inspiration from the Italian and French opera arias and the sonata form, and also the use of counterpoint to create tension, a method that was further expanded to dramatise the tone and feel of the piece. Now you may be wondering how on earth have I managed to decide which piece to discuss. I've managed to narrow it down to just one piece out of 200 works. In all his compositions, his best works, in my opinion, are his nocturnes and preludes. There is a debate on which one you would give up, and for me, I would give up the preludes, as you can listen to each nocturne back to back and be very satisfied and living in that dream state. Now, that is not to say that his preludes, his concertos, his waltzes, his mazurkas, his polonaises are in any way bad. However, I believe that this piece that we're about to discuss sums up Chopin in more ways than any.
Nocturne in E flat major, op 9, number 2. It has an elaborate binary form of AAB, ABA coda. All the four A sections aren't identical, but they become more ornamented and elaborate with each passage, same with the B section really, and the coda just become more elaborate with each passage, same with the B section. So that each section, although it's the same melody, it is developed. This piece, if you do not capture the feeling or essence, then it can become a disaster. The mood is tender and is probably the best description of a nocturne meaning, night. It's very calm and still, but yet passionate. It's a piece that definitely defines less is more style. It is distinctive from the offset, those first few bars which creates that magic. The subtle timid B flat leaps to the major six. It almost has that waltz style as well to it in the accompaniment. It's not very distinctive of the you know, the standard chord one, two, three, one, two, three, as it is in a arpeggio form, but as in four groups of quavers in 12-8 measure. In the future repetitions, the melody becomes increasingly chromatic, and these chromatic notes add a feeling of anticipation, like you're trying to almost reach for something. Throughout the piece, you definitely get that freedom flowing aspect that was mentioned. The having demi semi quavers in the right hand against quaver accompaniment. Also, a great representation at the end with the burst of octaves ending with the demi semi quaver run in the cadenza. If you look at it on paper, it really should not be there. Sibelius and Musical would have a fit trying to write that in. There would be a way around it, I'm sure there is, um, of course, but this is the free-flowing rhythm that classicists would be opposed by. I can just imagine Beethoven thinking, why? You cannot possibly fit that amount of notes in one single bar. You know, for most people, I think because Chopin had that sort of tragic lifestyle, the sort of romantic poet that died young, that the nocturne, well, this particular nocturne sort of captivates that sort of, of his life kind of thing, of that he was, you know, so talented and that he could just write beautiful melodies but they still although they sound they sound so simple when you look at it on paper they're just sometimes so difficult to execute thank you all for listening to piano writers and works don't forget to follow on social media at hrh.music on Instagram and TikTok to get the exclusive behind the scenes. See you all in the next episode. Bye.